Hey everyone, this is Tal Haslam and I'm the host of Talcast, which is named after me because I'm the host. Um, today we have a guest for the first time. Um, unlike Trump said in the debate last night, Manhattan is not a ghost town. There are lots of people and one of those people happens to be my friend and his name is Chad Arnett. He came onto my podcast, he came into my room, we talked about music, we talked about life, we talked about relationships, we talked about safe words, and we specifically revolved this entire conversation around a legendary song by the Allman Brothers called Whipping Post. So this is going to be a lesson in rock and roll history, appreciation, and theory, okay? Chad is a serial entrepreneur, a businessman in New York City, he is an eligible bachelor, he is very attractive, and he is my homie. I feel like I've only known him a few weeks now, and we're already fast friends because we have that much in common. And I really am looking forward to get, getting to know Chad a little bit better, and I'm looking forward to you listening to the Allman Brothers, maybe for the first time because of this podcast. They're an amazing band, music is the best, art is the best. Check it out. Iridocyclitis. We're live recording, you can see it. We're doing it, man. You can see the little red bubbles. I like this. This feels this feels right. It feels somehow. good, right? Yeah. Like in my room, just very intimate. Both naked. What? Yeah. Oh what? Excuse us? <clears throat> so what are we talking about today, Chad? <laughs> Alright. Chad, introduce yourself. I forgot. No, like that's fair. I'm gonna introduce you as well, but I'll do that on another day when you're not here. It's oh, like so you awkward. can actually yeah, so you can Say what you really think. Right. Well, I'll be listening. So <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, I am Chad Jeffrey Ornette. Uh, I am a friend of Tal's, really. Formerly known as Jeff. Formerly known as Jeff. Formerly known as CJ. Sometimes known as Chadicus. Okay. I've, got, I've got many nicknames. I'm a man of many nicknames. David Bowie situation. Yeah. Different uh, yeah. iterations of exactly. Being. I love that. Sometimes I still go by Jeff. I say Chad, people hear Jeff, and I answer to it. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. But uh, I'm going to call you Chad today. That's fine. Because like, that's kind of where you're at now. Yeah, life. that's so like who I am today. I want to talk to you right now as in, you. In the present situation, not yeah. like a past or future. Like, I would like to talk to future you, but like I don't have the tech. You and me both, my okay. friend. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, but uh, yeah, man, you hit me up and you said let's uh, let's talk music. And one of my favorite songs is uh, "The Whipping Post" by the Almond Brothers, specifically "Live at the Fillmore East." Yeah, um, I think that there's something about this song in particular that just gets me where I need to go whenever I need to get there. Okay, I love that. You know what I mean? I love that. I was so stoked because so you're the first guest that I asked to be on the podcast. And when you sent me a live version of a song, I was like, this is what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know? Because I personally, like, I'll go to the gym back when gyms were a thing and like, yeah. we would go there. Yeah, the glory days. And I'll, like, put on a, a concert on YouTube and I'll work out to, like, that whole concert because I love hearing the way that a song lives in, like, the live space. Yeah. There's just something about it. It's different. And it sucks you in. Like, you feel so present, like, there. It's like... Obviously, you know, they want you to feel as if you're there, but, like, you you do... There's some, like, weird woo-woo spiritual thing that happens, and, like, I'm into it. Dude, I couldn't agree more. I think that, like, live versions of songs... Like, don't get me wrong. I like the produced sound. Like, it's yeah. really nice to have something that is... I like both. Yeah. But I think that the live version is... I mean, you say spiritual, and I have to agree, but there's definitely, like, a... Man, it's... 
it has its own life mm-hmm. when it's live. Totally. Like all of the artists are there doing it together and it's practiced and it's usually pretty tight. Yeah. But like there's something that is very much living and breathing about that song. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like the whipping post so much. Um, this version, which is a long version. I'm actually like happy yeah. and surprised that you listened to it all. Oh dude, I listened to it all 24 minutes of it so good. at least because like in my line of work i just listen to music all day yeah deliver packages by the way but so that i just listened to it like 15 times yeah over the course of whenever you send it to me so i've been living with it i loved like the two drummers like stereo percussion and the driving bass line it, it's like kind of spooky yeah kinda yeah like doors spooky like there's like a real call and response going on too which yeah, is dope it's so sick <laughs> yeah, yeah man and before we get into why the song is super special to you in more detail, like yeah. let's talk about the Almond Brothers because I feel like they're a little bit underrated outside the music community. Mm-hmm. Like if you talk to a diehard guitar player, like they're gonna know who Dwayne Almond is, one hundred percent. But for whatever reason, I mean, obviously he died, and they have like a kind of a crazy tumultuous past. But like, they're not in the zeitgeist. No, I don't. But they've had such an influence on the Zeitgeist, which is kind of crazy. They're one of those bands. So the Allman Brothers band is literally like Greg and Dwayne Allman mm-hmm. decided to get a bunch of their friends together and start making music. Yeah. And Dwayne Allman was like a guitar prodigy, right? Like he dropped out of high school and his parents were like, cool. Because he was that good. Okay, yeah. Like, they were like, yeah. My parents did not do that. No. <laughs> I tried to, like, skip a day of school. My parents was like, you're grounded for two weeks. <laughs> right. I was like, but mom, I want to pursue this artistic Dude, thing. I didn't know that about him. Yeah. So they were like, that makes sense. Yeah, he was a prodigy. He was Sheesh. so good. Like, Dwayne Allman and Greg also is, like, phenomenal. Greg's still alive. Still touring, actually, with the Allman Brother brand. But, um, okay. um, like, he plays with his son and, and like, Dickie Betts' son. Anyway. So, like, uh, Dwayne Allman was just, like that gifted right yeah yeah. um and he played as like a studio artist for like so like wilson pickett like he just he played for so many great people Mm -hmm. in studios to begin with just as like a background guitarist to whatever song they wanted to do Mm -hmm. as a wilson pickett hey jude cover that Dwayne allman plays the background on okay you sent that to me yeah and that version blew me away it it's insane. It's amazing. It's so yeah, good. It's and we don't, good. We're not talking about that song. But we'll do just, that in a different podcast. Sure, sure. When you come back. But like, Dwayne and Greg Allman had such an influence on music in general. Like, Dwayne Allman is probably top five guitarists ever to live, as far as my personal opinion so goes. my introduction to Dwayne Allman as a guitar player, because like, I grew up listening to a ton of Southern rock, and cool. like... My dad is a big music fan. He introduced me to like Jackson Brown, the Eagles. Mm. Obviously, like I heard Leonard Skinner because that is a band that's in the zeitgeist. Right? Totally. The way that I found out about Dwayne Allman was when I was trying to get. I'm still trying to get really good at the guitar, but like when I was like really studying guitar heavy, like I would listen to interviews of my favorite guitar players. Like I'd listen to a Joe Walsh interview, and he's mm. like, "Yeah, so the way that I learned this technique was like Dwayne Allman taught it to me, and he like gave me the right guitar to use to get this guitar sound." Yeah. And then that, like, kept happening. And I was like, who is this Dwayne Allman guy? Because, like, I have not listened to any of his records, but, yeah. like, he's everywhere. Everywhere. Like, he just, it's weird. Like, any any amazing guitar player, like, when he was alive, seemed to have interacted with him. And, like, he really had an impact on the way that they, they played. Yeah, man. And even, even it, you know, music is 
evolutionary in the sense that like what was listened to in the 60s and 70s now influences like what was made in the 90s which influenced what was made in the early 2000s and then like today right Mm -hmm. but even listening to like who I think is probably the greatest guitar player of our generation, uh, John Mayer. For okay. all you know, like well, I, he, yeah, he's a, he's a guitar god. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. So and like if he would have done anything like hard rock, he'd be a totally different vibe. But because he did like fun love ballads, like you know, but he he emulates Dwayne Almond all the time in his mm-hmm. playing. Like especially when he's doing like. I don't know any any of his like live leads. You can like really pick up a lot of the bends and a lot of the sounds from Dwayne Allman. It's it's just incredible. So yeah, that's that's like Dwayne and Greg Allman have like a huge influence. Like you said, not necessarily on they weren't in the zeitgeist, but they've influenced the zeitgeist yeah. and gotten us where we are. And I mean, you know that someone is insanely influential when like they're not only influential in the sense that they have a place in the chain. It's like you have a modern guitar player, like you mentioned too. Like you skip a generation and he's still yeah mimicking what. What, what was did. going on? So, so I I looked up some Wikipedia facts. Give it to which me, man. Is like so fun. Um, here's my favorite one. So I specifically was doing research on this live recording that they did, yeah. which is actually like shockingly similar to the studio version. Yeah, like the studio version is like super jammy. Yeah, even sounds like proggy and like sort of jazzy at times, which is not what you think of when you think of like a southern rock band. Mm-hmm. But anyway, during this tour. <laughs> their manager stabbed a promoter to death for not paying the band. What? Straight up. I had no idea. Yeah, straight up murdered the guy, and then he got off because he claimed temporary insanity. That's some southern stuff, man. Yeah, and so, like, there's something about, like, I feel like nowadays, being a little bit in the music industry, like, music managers are the person who... They, like, get you connected with an Instagram influencer, and they, like, tell you that you're such a vibe. That's yeah. all they do, really, and yeah. then they, like, take 10%. Yeah. <laughs> but back in the day, your manager was the person, like, you had to pick a manager who would, like, make sure you didn't go to jail and would apparently, like, murder on someone else for you on your behalf. That's a ride-or-die manager, man. I know. And so, like, I, I'm i so romantic about that old, like, rock and roll craziness, you know? I don't I don't condone it anymore because it turns out like you die prematurely yeah. from it. Yeah. Or something. Something. But um But yeah. like there's definitely there's definitely something to be said for like that era of music. Mm-hmm. The reason why it, it like stands out to me is it not to just use the words that you just said, but it is such a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like like <laughs> I've been saying vibes so often. I know. It's this is who we are now. Yeah. But like it really is dude, it was an explosion of creativity mm-hmm. that I feel like we don't have the same. It's just not the same now. Not to say that we don't have explosions of creativity. There's amazing artists out there, but it's different somehow. Especially and, if we're talking, excuse me, especially if we're talking like guitarists mm-hmm. and like band music. It's it's not really the same anymore. Well, it's not, and I feel like that's. And you can you can sneeze or whatever, and I'll edit it out. Cool, cool. Yeah, so you're good. But like. <laughs> I feel like it's measurable in the sense that you look back at the Beatles catalog and just the sheer volume of work that they did. And, and the Allman Brothers are no exception. Like, yeah. I was looking back at the music that they produced, even with Dwayne in that short period of time. There's a lot of really good, high-quality, lengthy records. Yeah. And you don't see that nowadays. There are a lot of different reasons for that, I feel, but there was this, like, reckless, crazy explosion of artistic creativity in the music industry. And, and it didn't have to be perfect, but because mm-hmm. it didn't have to be perfect, it was. 
Right. Like they were just such craftsmen that like it worked, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't know, man. I, I think that there's like so many hands in the pot now when it comes to creating music that like the Allman Brothers made these records. Mm-hmm. Like they had one producer yeah. and then they made and wrote everything, you yeah. know, and it's just like with the exception of probably like small, small artists like yourself, right? Like you are pretty much doing it all yourself, which is awesome. But the bigger you get and the more like higher you get up, there's like different producers and like DJs that want to bring you on and yada, yeah. yada, yada. It's insane. You look at the song credits for a Beyonce song or something and she's amazingly talented. I, totally. I hate it when people knock like performers and singers because other people have hands in their work because that's its own craft and like its own art form. Totally. And she's amazing, but like... There are 20 songwriters on each one of her songs. Yeah. And it's so interesting to... There's just, like, a difference in the art, and it feels less personal. Yeah. You know? There's I would, a lot of amazing art coming out, too. Sure. That's different in its own awesome way. So I don't want to, like, harp on that too much, but it is it is different, and I feel like there's something very personal about listening to a song like this. And I feel like I'm at the show, and I'm yeah. hearing the guitar slowly go out of tune over the 24 minutes. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, I don't want to change it at all. Exactly. You know man. what I mean? So, like... <laughs> I'm glad that you loved it so much. Oh, so good. I needed it, too. I feel like I've been listening to a lot of modern yeah. music and, like, a lot of modern pop, which I love. Sure. I, but a lot of it is, like, nowadays there's so much aggressive editing in the music yeah. that you become accustomed to it. And going back and listening to a live, raw version of a recording where, like, they all just slay on their instruments for 30 minutes was, like, what I needed this week. I love it, dude. So. Okay, so I want to pivot now. We talked about the song. We talked a little bit about the history of the band. The one fact I shared was that their manager murdered somebody. <laughs> Which is dope. Amazing. So good. But I want to pivot to why this specific song has done what it's done for you. Yeah. That's a good and difficult question because like, okay, like sentimentally, when I was a kid, so my dad's, my dad's a musician, right? Like he plays guitar, plays bass, plays, like he does it all. And now he's a guitar teacher and voice teacher. Mm-hmm. But like when I was a kid, we'd be driving to the lake and we'd just be listening to like old 60s and 70s. Yeah. And... I remember the first time that I ever heard anything Almond Brothers was their song called Jessica, yeah. which is just an instrument instrumental. There's oh, no, so good. and it's so good, and it's like an eight minute song, and it feels like N64's Wave Race, which was like my first introduction to like anything real video gamey anyway. Okay. So like there's just such a such a feeling associated with it, and it was always when we were driving to the lake that song. We would, we would listen to it on our way to the lake. It was our lake song. So you, that's really interesting. So you associate it with the video game. For me, when that's I first, amazing. yeah, no, that's amazing. When I like, first heard the song, I was like, "This sounds like Wave Race." N sixty four is Wave Race. So like that was the visual. Yeah, that little Chad. Like, yeah, put with oh, that's yeah, so cool. Dude, that was I like like ten like or eleven year old Chad was like yeah. Allen Brothers Wave Race. It like puts you in that same like spot. It's like so bouncy. Yeah, it's like so happy. Yeah, and so I listened to that and I was like, "Dad, I really like this." He's like, "Oh, if you like this, just wait." I was like, "Okay." And then he started. We started listening to a lot of other like Allen Brothers songs, and uh, and then I found my dad had actually never listened to Live at the Fillmore East. Like he's heard the other like recordings of it. Yeah. But this was the glory days of LimeWire that would crash your computer when you would download those songs. So I downloaded the entire album of Live at the Fillmore East, 
And like, again, not to get too much into the history, but it was recorded over three days and they did like each of the songs multiple times. Okay. So like, there's Please like, get into the history, there's multiple, the more, the more I know, the better. Yeah. There's multiple recordings of whipping posts and they're all different lengths. Like one's 18 minutes, one's 24 minutes. I think one's like 22 minutes. Okay. And so they recorded it over three days and they chose which ones they wanted and then put those on the live of the film East album. Which made it into the Library of Congress, by the way. Yeah. That's another Wikipedia. That's so crazy. I had no idea. That's so cool. That's dope. Yeah. But so I found all three of them. Well, I found all of the songs because they're out there. Okay. And so I put them onto one CD and I made my dad listen to it like with me while we were driving. And this particular version, the one that like I showed you is my Mm -hmm. favorite of the three. Interesting. Because like they... So wait, what is it about this one of the three that like really does it for you? I think the solos. Like, okay. so this, Live at the Fillmore East, like, Allman Brothers were kind of, I don't want to say the first band that made their albums more jammy, but, like, they're just there hanging out, playing music yeah. in front of their friends. Like, the audience was their friends. Like, it's, they weren't actually their friends. They weren't like, hey, all of our friends come to our show. Yeah. People were paying to go to the Fillmore East. But they were just like, hey, we're here, we're going to play some music for you guys, and we're recording it. It's our third album, so, like, thanks for being here. As just a listener without knowing too much of the context like that definitely checks out yeah it feels very it feels not performative at all yeah you know what i mean yeah like it really feels like they don't care if anyone else is in the room they're just they're loving, loving it. it dude yeah and there's something about greg allman's voice like so the song itself about the whipping post like whipping post is a song in and of itself about just like love gone bad and basically being walked all over by this girl yeah you know it's like she crashed my new car like you know she's taking all of my money and And uh, the part that really hit me in the lyrics was when he talks about losing the respect of his friends so he basically says like my friends knew that you were the worst and i didn't say anything because i loved you yeah and now we're done and like I can't hold my head up in front of my friends. Like that was what I got from that. Lyric. Totally, man. And and then Which, like the chorus, it, it, and so it's gut wrenching, right? It's so relatable. <laughs> it's hard. No. I'm so lonely. <laughs> no, but like, and then like the the main chorus, which is like, I've been tied to the whipping post. Yeah. Just that. I don't know what it is. That melody melts my mind every time. Like every time that it's just, uh, I've been tied. Yes, yeah. It's just so melodic after the phrasing, and and his voice is. It's like he's not screaming. No, but it's it's soulful, and it's not soulful. Yeah, super emotive vocal performance, and like I don't have a good voice. Like I don't have a bad voice, but I do not have a pretty serenading voice. That's just not something that I was blessed with. Probably from playing sports and screaming too much. Yeah. And being around my father, who has an amazing voice, like I grew up listening to like pop punk and the '60s, '70s rock that I would try to emulate. So like that's my sound. Okay. And so do you feel like you could see yourself in the singer because of the performance? Yeah, it's I do. Gritty. It's gritty and it's like real. And what I lack in talent, I make for, up for in enthusiasm. <laughs> but I mean, like, like let's dig into that a little bit because I think that's an important aspect of music where you something about music being too polished again to yeah. like harp on that yeah when it's too polished you almost can't picture yourself singing it yeah so when i listen to like justin bieber sing about love troubles yeah obviously i know a lot about justin bieber i know that we don't exist in the same universe but i also <laughs> don't i don't see myself like i couldn't sing like that yeah and i wouldn't say it that way yeah and so it doesn't really tell my story at all yeah 
Whereas I feel like a song like this, it, te- this, it tells your story because you're like, I could sing it like that. Yeah. I've been tied to the whippy. I've voice. been tied, man. 100%. And like, I probably will be again because I made terrible consen- decisions. It was not consensual. It was not consensual. I was tied to the It hurt post. and I was whipped. I didn't want it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's just like, it's definitely, it's definitely a thing that makes me um, think, yes, like I can see myself in that singer but also just the emotion behind it. You know, I listen to and the songs that I play or the songs that I cover are the pretty songs. And I'm just always mad that I cannot emulate that sound. And like, you can't really, I can't really cover Whipping Post because it's such a band vibe. Like it's such, again, there's that word vibe, but it's such a large production. And there's, it's playing off of each other and having the emotion behind what's going on and you're all telling the story together so that's what's that's what really makes it something for me if i can jump in there when i first listened to it the driving bass that starts out the whole thing and then the guitars are obviously stacked on top of that there's a there's an angst to it you feel it right away and i feel like for me personally i live for those moments in art where i feel like i can be sucked into the emotion before everything's explained to me and I felt that way about this performance. Like I felt like the bass already was telling the story because the vocals are pretty sparse yeah. because of the jammy nature yeah. of it, but you don't lose the vibe. Yeah, exactly. You know? And they just again, as you listen to the whole song, there's parts where you're like, okay, like I don't know what they're doing here because like it's just kinda of going all over. Mm-hmm. But then if you just if you listen to it over and over again, you're like, they're just having fun. Yeah. It's just a bunch of dudes in a room having fun with a song that they all know it, it, it this is the other reason why i like it it reminds me a lot of my dad's band growing up cool like his band would come over to the house and i'd just be sitting in the room with my little like cheap fake guitar sure and they'd be playing all these old classics like beatles rolling stones leonard skinner like mm-hmm. you know vanilla fudge like yeah. like a bunch of random stuff yeah getting ready for whatever show they were doing because they usually did like weddings and just like yeah, whatever yeah, venues, sure, sure. just having a good time as a bunch of old dudes mm-hmm. and they would all know the songs so well that like they would sometimes just keep going yeah and like the song would be done and they know that they know it but they just want to keep playing mm-hmm. so they just keep playing yeah and that's what this felt like was just like being in a room with my dad and his friends his band and just listening to them like they all know the song really well, and they just keep it going. Yeah. And uh, there's like I said, there's there's a nostalgia to that for me, but also like the nostalgia of remembering all these good times in my own life, okay. mixed with the heartbreaking <laughs> lyrics, <laughs> yeah. like just like ah. That's a really, that's a really funny <laughs> juxtaposition because. I have nostalgia associated with other music that my dad and I used to listen to together. Yeah. We listened to a little bit of Allman Brothers, but like we dug into other stuff. So this, it feels like it lives on, it lives in a different world than my childhood for sure. Yeah. So when I, when it sucked me in, all I could think about was like my failed relationships. <laughs> yeah, man. And it really brought out some feels. Like I was out there biking around New York, like delivering packages, yeah. listening to this. And I was like, I feel some stuff right now. Yeah. And I love that about music that it just relates and it just, it says like, I get it. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, there's songs that I listen to. This is the thing that blows my mind is, you know, we don't have cars here anymore, but by anymore, I mean like in New York, it doesn't make any sense to have a car. Yeah. But when I used to drive in a car, I'd be listening to a song 
passively. Like not that I looked it up, not that I was like trying to get into it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just listening to like whatever songs on my playlist or on my Discover feed. And then there's like a chord that strikes or like a certain lyric and I legitimately tear up. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like it's 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 again for lack of a better word, spiritual. Like sometimes I feel like it's just God or the universe or whatever just being like, hey, this one's for you, buddy. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not alone out here. I love Somebody that. describes it the way that I feel it. And with this song in particular, you know, I don't necessarily like tear up, mm-hmm. but like I definitely get some feels. Yeah. And I'm definitely like, yeah. And it's, it's almost angry. Like, it's almost like I'm pissed that yeah. I let myself get into this oh, situation. Oh, there's angst in there for sure. And like, the other thing that makes, that makes it fun for me on the subject of like remembering past relationships, sometimes the best healing after a relationship is sitting around with your friends and just being like, ugh. <laughs> and in this specific case, it's all the friends who knew the whole time. Yeah. The friends knew the yeah. whole time and it's, they never said anything. It's like that you, you had that girl that you brought around for months yeah. and all your friends tolerated her because like you chose her and they want you to be happy and they support that. But like now that it's over, they're all like, dude, she sucks. So hypothetically, what was that, what was that girl doing, Chad, that your friends hated? Hypothetically, hypothetically, entirely hypothetically, hypothetically, uh, they didn't necessarily love just the way they hated so much the things that she chose to be. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, they just, they just, there's a certain level of respect that Mm -hmm. you expect out of your friends' choices or mates. Yeah. And uh, hypothetically speaking, some of the choices that I've made don't yeah. necessarily respect it. And I've got great friends. Like, they are salt-of-the-earth people who think very highly of me for yeah. whatever reason. I don't know exactly why I've, or you're, how I've duped them. Guy. Thank you. That's very guy. kind. It's but, true. like, they don't like it when the people that I choose think that they are doing me a favor. You know what I mean? Okay. And, uh, and that's... Usually, how I get tied to a whipping post is I'm just like, oh, this this girl is so much better than me. Like this girl's like everything. This girl's so dope. And then, like as time goes on, all my early misgivings that I was like overlooking end up being like who they play into. Yeah. And then all my friends are like, man, we told you. Like none of us liked her from the beginning, but like you were so about it that we were like, okay. Yeah. And that's a song for me, man. It's so good, dude. It's so good. It's amazing. I'm glad you liked it so much. I, I, was... really, I really did enjoy it, and I feel like this is the second song recommendation you've sent me, and you're two for two, as two far as like, being like really cool. Because like, you know when someone sends you something, or they play you a song that they wrote, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow, this doesn't pass the vibe check. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Like, like you're like, wow, this playlist has songs on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, there are sounds that you sent me. There are, these are a bunch of sounds with a bunch this, of this poems. This song definitely exists. Um, <laughs> this was not the case for me. Like, I really appreciated the recommendation. So I'm, I'm excited to, like, get it out there on the podcast and have some people listen to it. I'm hoping that it introduces some people that the Allman Brothers would never cross their radar. Yeah. It's like, because I have friends like that. You know, where Same. It's like, I would say the majority of my friends are like that. I mean... A lot of my friends don't even think the Beatles are good. And that hurts. You know, we could get into that's a whole nother podcast on why the Beatles are so influential and why people like when people are like, I don't really like their music, I'm usually like, You're a terrible human being. Right. But yeah. um 
That's a I lot could, of my best friends. I you have a lot of friends who don't like the Beatles. Yeah, like pretty much. Well, first of all, that says a lot about you that you're able to overlook that because yeah. my ultimate toxic trait is when people diss a band that I love, like I will repay it unto them <laughs> unto the third generation. Which like, I will literally. I had a. Kid. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh my! So there's this kid that I follow on Twitter. Yeah. Seems like a nice guy. He's a really funny. I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've met him once. It was like in passing, and he loves Pitchfork. Okay. Um, from what I've gathered, and he, I don't know anything about him. Yeah. Other than he loves Pitchfork, it was funny on. Twitter. And he retweeted Pitchfork like roasting the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oof. And then he made his own comment on top of it that was like, oh, like, just kind of the typical 2020 like rock bands are passe and they never mattered and like i'm so i'm so above that and i rarely ever get in arguments online and i freaking roasted him (laughs) i laid into him in the comments because like i and that's not a good thing it's not productive i shouldn't have done it well and i repented good for you man at the whipping post as one does (laughs) but yeah i mean my ultimate toxic trait is uh that maybe I'm friends with people who hate the Beatles. No, that's good. That's I where I should be. I don't know. But I feel like that's something that I rarely can look past. Well, yeah. I'm Which is wh- stupid. It's kind of high school. No, I mean, it's so personal to you, though. That, that I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I will say this, though. like Because we grew up with music mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of people didn't. Like A lot of people listened to music. Not because their parents were introducing them to like the things they loved. And like for you, it's a passion. Like you literally told me earlier, you can't go another minute without writing a song. And that's how we know that you're a musician is like, it's innate mm-hmm. in you. For me, I grew up with a musician. So I see the art form in a totally different way than our friends who grew up listening to like Newfound Glory and Brand New, who are great bands, right? but they don't understand that Newfound Glory and Brand New would not exist without the Beatles. Right. And they listen to the Beatles and like, I don't get it. I just don't understand. Like their songs aren't good and they aren't fun. And I'm just like, well, like you obviously haven't seen a live band perform the Beatles and you haven't seen everybody over the age of 60 lose their minds. Yeah. And like, it's, it's the same thing as like, you know, it's, it's Lady Gaga in 60 years. Yeah. It's like for me, here's a great example for me. I respect Madonna as a musician. Mm-hmm. I respect her for what she did. I don't like. I don't love her stuff. Sure. Okay. But it's because I didn't grow up with anybody who showed me why I should. Right. It's it's lacking the cultural context is difficult. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I feel like I can I can usually to redeem myself a little bit so that like my my podcast viewership doesn't go from forty people to like zero. <laughs> I typically like if someone's not a music person. Yeah. I'm cool. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, they don't like the Beatles because they're not super into music and I don't expect them to be. But when someone who is, like, a diehard music fan who, like, that's part of their life attacks one of my favorite bands because they think they're better than them, like, it's over for me. Yeah. And, like, that relationship, probably not salvageable. (laughs) I dumped a girl once because she told me that Radiohead was, like, what did she say? She said every single album that Radiohead has ever made was a waste of like recording time. Well, I mean, she obviously has not. She, what you should have done in that situation was took her by both the hands, looked her deep in the eyes, and said, "Who hurt you?" That's what I should have said. That's what you should have done. I should because she's that. obviously dealing with some trauma. Golly, yeah. 
like you had a waste of recording there. time. Fake plastic trees? Are you kidding me? Like, what are we talking about? I here? mean, and because yeah, because I mean, Radiohead has healed me from the trauma, so maybe she needed to go full circle, and we uh, need to go like full on Radiohead therapy. That might have been. Yeah, you you missed a real opportunity for lifelong love. I really did. Well, I really did. Well, um, get in line, buddy. Yeah, but so <laughs> speaking of missed opportunities, I feel like we're kind of winding down here. Sure, we're hitting our time limit. Oh. Um, story of my life but The Whipping Post it's an amazing track I'm really glad you showed it to me I'm really glad that it has significance to you in your life and is there anything else you want to say to finish up this is literally the first time I've done this with a guest this is I don't great know, I don't know how to wrap it up honestly um, I think that you know you just say Chad get out of my apartment and then I leave but you know in my mind to wrap it up and and to to justify what I said earlier about my friends who don't necessarily like the Beatles Mm -hmm. because some of them are probably going to listen to this and they'll be like that's me right homies I love you guys and I respect your music choices because we have a lot of the same but like it music is fluid and it doesn't a song doesn't have to mean something to everybody right like and this song this song means something to me because of like the context in my life and the musicality that's like inherent in it that I really enjoy I have a lot of friends and like girls that I dated that just don't love a guitar solo. If right. you don't like guitar solos, this song might not be for you. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like 18 minutes of guitar solos yeah. in one song, yeah. maybe not. It might not you be know, your, maybe not. might not be your jam, but if right. you like musicality and if you want to expand your palate a little bit, mm-hmm. this is 100% a song you should listen to because it's influenced so many things that you listen to today. And if you want to go down that rabbit hole, my number is four eight zero. No, okay. <laughs> but yeah. If you want to tie chat at the whipping post, then uh, I then am please. I am readily available, and yeah. uh, my safe word is keep going. We're gonna end it right there. <laughs>
such a fool And I just stand by and take it, baby Oh, for loving you I throw myself inside, oh As I look at what you've done But nothing seems to change The bad times stay the same
رفتیم